With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For one more beer for me, exile means quality, so savagely. Instant Reaction Podcast. I'm John Miller, HawkeyeNation.com. The Iowa Hawkeyes off to a 2-0 start following their 13-3 victory in the annual Cyhawk game against Iowa State. This is Iowa's fourth consecutive victory in the series. The seniors on this team, a perfect 4-0 in the Ference era. No other senior class had gone 4-0 against Iowa State. So that is the first time that's happened in the Ference era, which... Makes sense based upon what I just said. Boy, that was, um, you know, I was really, really entertained by this game. I know that maybe some of you, <laughs> some of you weren't, some of you may be asking, what is, uh, what is my definition of entertainment? Or uh, maybe we just aren't entertained by the same things. But man, do I love good defense. And that was a game that was full of good defense. More on that in a bit. Looking at this, it looks like Iowa's won eight of the last 11 games in this series. That's pretty darn good. Um, and this is a stat that I'd mentioned this summer to Steve Dace, and I'll bring it up again now. Um, prior to this game, Kirk Ferentz was 10-9 and against Iowa State. In those 10 years that Iowa beat Iowa State in the Ferentz era, um, Iowa has won at least eight games in nine of those seasons. So that's a 90% snakes on a plane trend that Iowa's going to have at least eight wins this season. So let me say that again. Prior to this game, Kirk Ferentz was 10-9 against Iowa State. And in those 10 years when he had beaten Iowa State or when the Hawkeyes had beaten Iowa State in his tenure, uh, nine times out of those 10, nine out of 10, Iowa went on to win at least eight games. So now it's... Kirk Ferentz is 11-9 against Iowa State. Iowa's 2-0. So the odds are pretty pretty strong in favor of Iowa getting to at least eight wins um, this season. Iowa now in their last 31 games, they are 30-1 when they run for over 100 yards. And boy, this was, this was close to putting that to the test. Iowa ran for 105 total yards on the day didn't cross over the 100 yard mark until the last basically run out the clock possession Iowa with just 271 yards on the day but 188 is all that Iowa State had and 66 of that 188 came on Iowa State's first possession of the game and to me there were some head scratchers in this I think Iowa State has a great team. I've been saying it all summer. I said it all week, and I mean it. 
I think that, you know, you're talking about a top 25 scoring defense last year, Iowa State had, and that's by playing in the Big 12 Conference. They might have the best or second best defense in the Big 12. They they play really, really good defense. Um, and their offense certainly keeps you on your toes. David Montgomery, their running back, 17 carries for 44 yards. I never would have believed that possible. And if you would have told me before the game, if David Montgomery is only going to have 44 yards rushing and only going to have 15 yards receiving, I might have said Iowa State scores three points or no more than 10 points. But three was all they scratched. And that was the first drive of the game. So basically for the last, I don't know, 54 minutes of the game. I'm going to go here and look and see how much time elapsed on Iowa State's drive uh, where they scored. Iowa State, that was six. Yeah, so the last 53 um, minutes and 11 seconds of this game, Iowa State didn't score. Iowa's defense played lights out. One, two, three, four, five, six possessions by Iowa State where they had three plays or fewer. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, out of 11 drives. So six out of 11 drives for Iowa State, they, had, they ran three plays or fewer. There was another drive where they ran four, and there, were, there was a six-play drive, then a seven-play drive, and a nine-play drive. So, and one turnover in the game, and that came on Iowa State's last possession, A.J. Epinesa with his second strip sack of the season. And boy, is he not turning into a beast. Iowa State was down 10 there late. And Epinesa played every snap because you knew it was a passing situation. And man, is he dangerous. So Iowa's defense put together a fantastic, fantastic effort. Scott Dockerman of The Athletic tweeted during the game, and I agree with this. I think Iowa's linebacker questions may be solved. Jack Hockaday... Jimon Colbert and uh, Nick Neiman in this game. I don't think Welch could play. I think he was dinged up. Amani Jones, I don't know if he came in. If he did, it was only maybe to give Hockaday a breather. I think uh, Jimon Colbert just played a fantastic game in run support. He did a great job. Um, and Nick Neiman played exceptionally solidly. And really, the entire linebacking core, they had the most pressure on them this game than anyone else in the defense. And this was a concern I had coming into this game. Was I was linebackers, how would, how would they cover the underneath stuff? How would they identify and react and recover and cover Iowa State's underneath mesh routes? And the biggest head scratcher that I need to get back to, I don't think I ever answered that earlier. Why did Iowa State abandon that? type of attack why did they stop attacking the underneath stuff and the, the passes out to the running backs in the flat why why did they do that David Montgomery he had just four targets in the passing game the whole day um, Sheldon Crony another back just two targets so you're talking I just don't get it I, I don't get why Iowa State didn't do more of that. And just like when I watched them last year against Texas, I think that was the, the infamous Jacob Park game, that they didn't give Montgomery the ball enough in the running game that day. Why didn't Iowa State go back to their underneath, their mesh routes, their quick hitters, hitting running backs in the flat, sneaking Montgomery underneath? Why did they continue to try to run Montgomery into the teeth of an Iowa defense that is built to stop that? 
That allows Iowa, Iowa's front four to stop the run with just four rushers. Folks, we may have another edition of that. And when we do, when Iowa has that, they are good. Four more sacks today. Five last week, that's nine. Scott Dockerman, again, of The Athletic, a couple of weeks ago, said this on his podcast, the On Iowa Park, a podcast he does with Mark Morehouse. In years where Iowa has 30-plus sacks, they've won 10 or more football games in the Kirk Ferentz era. They've got nine through two games. Um, that's four and a half per game. That's a pace, that's a pace regular season for nearly 50, right? Four and a half times 10 would be 45. 11, yeah, it's over 50. That's, I mean, that pace can't keep up like that, can it? I mean, that'd be a, a Ferentz era record, probably an Iowa school record if they kept the pace up like that. Man, they are good against the pass. They are very good against the pass. And today they, they really bowed up and did well against one of the more dangerous running backs I was going to see this year. I think David Montgomery is the most dangerous running back they'll see. And that doesn't mean that every running back Iowa sees from now on is going to have a statistically disappointing day the way that Montgomery did today. Um, you know, And I know that Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin, he's very good. He'll have better stats than Montgomery did. But I think if you put David Montgomery on Wisconsin, he's going to have just as impressive stats as Taylor does. And if you put Taylor on Iowa State, he won't have as good of stats as Montgomery had. Now, Iowa State's offensive line was the weak spot on their team. Okay, That was the weak spot in their team. Iowa State rushes for just 19 yards today. Fantastic job by the Iowa defense. The Iowa defense won this game. They won, they, they won the game for Iowa. So we'll, we'll continue to talk about the defense. Defensive stats, Matt Hankins, cornerback, led Iowa with eight tackles today. Played solid. Jack Hockaday had eight. Amani Hooker just was huge. Seven, um, seven tackles today. Um, Hockaday had one pass broken up. Nick Neiman was seven. Ojemudia was six. So really interesting. Well, Iowa State didn't have much success against the run, so they kind of abandoned it and then went to the air. Uh, Jimon Colbert with five. Um, A.J. Epinesa with five tackles from his defensive end position, and he's not a full-time guy. Three solos, two sacks, <laughs> two tackles for loss, one broken up in the aforementioned uh, forced fumble. Matt Nelson also had a sack, and then uh, Nick Neiman had a sack too. I thought Parker Hesse is not listed here for a sack. He ha- he had to have had a sack. So maybe these stats aren't official. Maybe they had more stats than I'm seeing. I remember Parker Hesse's sack. I remember AJ Epinesa having two, and I remember um, Matt Nelson having one. I don't know that I remember. Um, I don't know that I remember Nick Neiman having a sack. Maybe maybe he did. Yeah, he did. It was um, it was on a blitz. So maybe there were five sacks in this game. Or Parker Hesse uh, didn't get his, or maybe I'm just mistaken. Let's move along then. All right, let's 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 talk about something that's not as exciting, and that's Iowa's offense. Now, they didn't have Ivory Kelly Martin, who I think is Iowa's most dangerous back. He's the most complete running back they have. Um, Iowa State's defense was clearly firing off. Their linebackers were firing off. Whenever Iowa's zone, uh, you know, zone blocking scheme was moving left to right, Iowa State's linebackers had clearly been coached to fire and slant the direction of the zone offensive flow which meant Iowa State was really susceptible to reverses and bootlegs and things like that. But Iowa just really, really kept it plain. And they also had some LOEs. You remember from last week, and LOEs, lack of executions. 
You know, Amir Smith-Marset dropping a, a, an easy first down conversion early in the game. Noah Fant had a couple of drops. Nate Stanley, erratic. His accuracy this year is worse than it was last year. There's no doubt. I'm not just talking on the deep balls. I'm talking about the intermediate stuff that he was decent on last year, better than you would expect a freshman to be. He is not playing at that level this year that he was a year ago. He was 16-28 to 28 in this game for 166. But Fant made a phenomenal catch that was behind him that he could have run for another 15 or 20 yards. TJ Hawkinson is a horse. He made a fantastic catch. Hawkinson leading Iowa with six receptions. I told you guys before the season TJ was going to have the most receptions on the team. Still think that's going to happen. I mean, um, Amir Smith-Marset did have the one catch for 45 yards, but he came out right after that. But that set up Iowa for what turned into to be a, a, a take-the-lead field goal at 6-3 from was it 48 yards out for Miguel Racinos, his career long. He um, missed a 50-yarder and missed a shorter one that earlier in the game. Brandon Smith with a uh, fan. These one catch for 30 yards. Was that 30 yards that he, he had down inside the – the red zone, I don't think so. These stats seem a little bit weird. But anyway, Smith had his one catch. I think it might have been his first catch. He had one on coverage with uh, their their All-Big 12 cornerback, Payne. Stanley audible to it, which he had audible to it earlier. He saw one on coverage, Nick Easley on Payne. And that was on um, second and nine. And it was just, I'm like, why are you audibling a fade route to Nick Easley against an All-Big 12 quarterback? Easley's not very big. You, it's not a it's not a jump ball that you want. The percentages of success on that are not good. Why did you audible to that? Because then it brought up third and nine, and it brought up it brought up the you know they didn't convert. But he saw this again, and this was I think was it third and I don't know third and some change third and four maybe Iowa was leading uh, six to three. There was just under five minutes left. Stanley saw the one on one coverage, and he'd had a bad day to that point, and this was his last pass of the day. Turned out to be. And he lofted that completion to, to Brandon Smith, who'd, who made a great inside release. So he basically, that's the perfect release you want on a fade route like that. So he gets the inside release. He beats the jam. Stanley throws the ball before Smith broke into the lead there. So it was perfect execution. Just picture perfect execution. Perfect throw, perfect route, perfect move to beat the jam. Everything about that was perfect. And Iowa had it down um, to the, uh, gosh, two or three yard line. And then they came up and quickly ran a running play and Mecky Sargent got into the end zone. So, I mean, you get UNI next week, Iowa should not ever lose to Northern Iowa. Sorry. I'm not saying it's take it for granted. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but they have to beat Northern Iowa. But, man, do they need to get the passing game going. You, you know you're going to be able to run the ball against UNI, and you're going to run it some. But I hope that they come out and really try to work on feeding the balls to the receivers. Iowa has got to get more production from their wide receivers than what they've been getting. A wide receiver didn't have a catch in the first half. That meant that last week's three by Amir Smith-Marset and one, oh, who was the other wide receiver last week that had a catch? I think it was uh, Max Cooper. They had four receptions from their wide receivers through their first six quarters. That's not good. That's how you get teams' linebackers teeing off on you and compressing the area in which you can run in, and it makes the running all the more difficult. If your wide receivers aren't a threat 
you're in trouble, which, listen, as Iowa fans, you know that. You've been living that forever, or certainly for much of the last 20 years with a few exceptions here and there. It just compresses everything, and it makes it so much harder, and it does make you more predictable. Because Iowa ran several times into eight-man fronts today because there just wasn't any fear of the receivers. So I don't know how bad um, Amir Smith-Marset's injury is. Um, Let's hope that it's not. Um, But at any rate, I think that in a game like this, you doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what the stat sheet says. You just want to get out of it with a win. So today, zero turnovers by Iowa. Last year in Ames, zero turnovers by Iowa. Two years ago in Kinnick Stadium, zero turnovers by Iowa. Against Iowa State, I'm talking about all these games. In the last four games against Iowa State, and Iowa's won all of them, they had one turnover. That was a Jordan Kanzeri fumble. I believe in 2015, Iowa State also had a turnover, one, in that game. So the turnover margin was neutral in that game. But the last three times Iowa's played Iowa State in victories, zero turnovers. Another another winning stat. Iowa with 14 first downs in this game. Six of 17 they were on third downs. Let me go look here um, at the, uh, the, down, the distance to convert that Iowa had in this game. Um, average third down to go distance, Iowa at 6.9. That's too far. That's third and seven was the average of Iowa's 17 third downs. That's bad. It's It was worse last year in Jack Trice, and Iowa was was like 9 of 18, which is why I still think that last year, it was, looking at the statistics, Iowa shouldn't have won that game based upon that stat almost alone, but they didn't turn it over. Iowa State's average down and distance in this game on their 14 third down attempts, 8.2. That's getting it done by the Iowa defense. Holy smokes, that is uh, is getting it done. Trying to look here at some other statistics. Total plays in this game. Iowa State with just 56. And both teams ran 28 plays in the first half. So that means Iowa State ran just 28 plays in the second half as well. And again, I said... 66 yards for Iowa State on that first drive. They had 188 for the game. That means 122 yards is all Iowa State gained over the last 53 minutes and 11 seconds. That's incredible. Incredible defense. To me, the defensive questions that I had in the offseason are beginning to be answered in the affirmative. I wasn't necessarily sitting there thinking that I was going to have this great defensive line as some people thought. Maybe I'm going to be wrong about that and be glad to be wrong about that. Maybe Iowa's linebacker play will be a little better than we hope, but I will tell you this. When you're getting that much pressure on the opposing quarterback, your linebackers don't have to be as good. Your young cornerbacks, your inexperienced cornerbacks don't have to be as good. I'd switch to inexperienced because O.J. Moody is, I think, a was he a fourth-year junior or a senior? Uh, fourth-year junior, I think. So you, you don't have to be at the Desmond King or Josh Jackson level when you're getting the type of consistent pass rush that I was getting. When you're getting that type of pass rush and the opposing quarterback is watching film all week and saying, oh, crap, I got to deal with A.J. Epinesa this week. I got to deal with Anthony Nelson this week. I got to deal with part. I mean, <laughs> it's fun. I, I I really enjoyed the heck out of this game today. 
And as I tweeted in the game, maybe I'm just getting old, but because the defenses were so good on both sides, yes, Nate Stanley was erratic. Yes, Iowa dropped too many passes. Iowa State had some gaffes too. Losing Kyle Kemp to injury when A.J. Epinesa brought him down, that hurt any real chance they had of of coming back and and winning that game. I mean, 6-3 probably would have held up. Well, it would have held up more than likely. Or, well, you can't say that because Iowa State might not have been in you know the pass every down situation they were in when they were down 10 with just five minutes left. But Kyle Kemp's the kind of quarterback that has beaten Iowa through the years, the kind of quarterback that is cont- like a Dan Persa you know, for a Northwestern, the kind of quarterback that's content to take money in the bank, hit the underneath crossers, hit the mesh routes, hit the, the running back out of the backfield. Patient, patient, patient. Because that's what Iowa – on a defense, you can't cover everything. You can't. And Iowa, Norm Parker, I've had di- I had dinner with him when he was alive, and I asked him about his philosophy. And he said that, you know what, 85%, 90% of college quarterbacks aren't patient enough to beat you consistently with seven, eight play or longer drives down the field. And that's really the only, that's how we play, he said. Our style is we're going to make you have to do that to beat us. We're not going to give you anything easy or anything over the top. And, of course, when they're executing right, you're going to have to, you know, matriculate down the field. And Kemp was that kind of quarterback, that kind of patience. I think he's now up to, what, 150, 151 of his last attempts without an interception. So that was not an easy assignment for Iowa today. And they totally negated David Montgomery, totally negated him. Totally negated him. Didn't really give up any big plays, so to speak. Iowa State's longest play. It was a 31-yard pass, but that was late over the middle. That was a late play. Before then, it was like 23 to Hakeem Butler. I can't remember when that was, but I think that was late. I texted a guy in the fourth quarter, an Iowa State fan friend of mine. I said, man, when's Iowa State going to take a deep shot in this game? And that's right when they you know, completed that one to Butler. But that was after um, Kemp was out and Zeb Nolan was in. And Zeb Nolan has the bigger arm. So, you know, Kemp doesn't have a big arm. He's not a deep shot kind of guy. But you got to do that every now and then. He's, he's a Division I quarterback. He can throw it 30 or 40 yards downfield. It just loosens up the defense. And Iowa only had one of those. Or two, rather. The, the overthrow to Nick Easley. And then the completion to Amir Smith-Marset. You, you just have to do those things. Man, some of the, those Big 12 refs calls. I mean, Iowa State, Ojemudia probably, probably had a pass interference that uh, he didn't get whistled, whistled for, and that was late on a deepish throw. That one spot that they didn't even that they gave Iowa State. I mean, that was that was horrible. But um, you know, and there, AJ Epinesa seemingly got held half the time. But you know, that's going to happen in a football game. It happens on both sides by and large. So you know, the officiating wasn't horrible, although it was the dreaded Big 12 ref. Seven penalties for Iowa State. I would, big, maybe one of the three biggest plays of the game, Iowa State's fourth and one on their opening drive on the Iowa one-yard line. And they get a false start penalty and backs them up. And they have to settle for a field goal. Um, and Iowa puts out the fire. And that's their only points in a game where they just won a lot of points scored. So in the first two games, Iowa has given up basically... Three points. Yes, they gave seven up to Northern Illinois, but that was scored on Iowa's backup defense. So in, in real time against starters, Iowa's starting defense has allowed three points in two games. That's fantastic. Um, offense, first half, they've only had a field goal in each 
game in the first half, both of them. Got to get that corrected. It's going to it's gonna step up and bite you. So glad Iowa plays Northern Illinois next week and not Wisconsin next week. But there's going to have to be a lot of improvement. Hopefully, Amir, uh, Amir Smith-Marset can return. Hopefully, Ivory Kelly Martin can return. Um, especially for Amir Smith-Marset next week because he needs the reps because Iowa needs to work on getting their wide receivers more involved in the game. So, a lot of fun. I... Really enjoyed that. Really, really enjoyed that game, especially since Iowa um, won, of course. But uh, those of you that were at the game, how loud was that north end zone? It sounded really loud on TV. I saw a few tweets from some folks saying very loud. Rob Howe of Hawkeye Nation was down the sidelines talking about it a little bit in the tweets that he had. But goodness gracious, that uh, sounded like it was a fun environment. So let me know on Twitter what you thought of it. And I'll retweet some of your tweets. As always, thank you for listening to the HN Podcast. Thanks once again to Exile Brewing Company. We'll probably do a Facebook Live on Sunday with some thoughts and go over some things and just general uh, general thoughts in continuation after I have a little more time to digest it all. And then on Monday, Dace and I will be back with our regular podcast schedule. Thanks to you, as always, for supporting the HN Podcast.